Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. He's God. He's God. Matthew chapter 21, I know you have been standing for some time, and I'll be mindful of that. I want to read just a few verses of Scripture here, and I'm just going to begin talking along a certain line, and maybe I'll preach before it's done. Amen. Matthew chapter 21 and verse number 12 starting. The Bible says, And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers, and the seats of them that sow doves and said unto them it is written my house shall be called the house of prayer but ye have made it a den of thieves and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them amen everybody say amen this morning i just want to talk to you a little bit about temple thieves temple thieves hallelujah let's go to the lord in prayer right now father i love you today god we're thankful god for everybody in your house we're thankful lord for those who have participated lord through modes of worship and modes of giving i pray oh lord today god that you're able lord to let your divine will be done in this place today lord we cast all of our care upon you lord for you care for us god mostly one we want to hear what heaven has to say god and we do this lord god for and unto you God, we offer our sacrifice of praise unto you in the lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen and amen. Everybody say amen. 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 You may be seated this morning in the lovely name of the Lord. Amen. To get a little bit of an understanding exactly uh, how one might feel or how things were right here in the scripture. If you have ever been to a, uh, a, a absolute professional sporting event or if you have ever been to the Shrine Circus or if you've ever been to any type of setting of entertainment and you've went and you bought your ticket and you paid and uh, some of these places have certain rules and regulations that you cannot bring uh, other drinks or food items into those arenas if you are going to get any type of refreshment or concessions that it must come from there. And so uh, with that being said, uh, if you've, you understand what I say, if you've been to these type of gatherings or events and you got thirsty and you went to get a drink, and you paid and you left your arm and leg on the counter in order to get a drink. Uh, that, 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 that 20 ounce drink that you normally could get for maybe a few cents, you laid down 350. $3.50 for that drink. And you, you wanted a hot dog, just a plain old hot dog on the bun, and it cost you $4.50. And you could buy packages of hot dogs for $4.50. And, 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 you know, cotton candy seems to be just pretty cheap. You can get that just a bag of dime a dozen, but you're starting to pay dollars whenever you go to these places just for concessions, just to soothe your appetite. 
And that was to a certain degree somewhat of what was taking place here within the temple in Matthew chapter 21. Uh, it was during a feast time. It was during a feast time, the feast of Passover. People are coming far and wide. Jerusalem is, is just compassed with people. People upon people are here for this great feast. And as they are coming, as the Old Testament deemed it, you did not enter into these feast times and come to the house of God unless you had something in your hands. You did not approach the throne room of God being empty-handed. And so they were coming. And some of these people are traveling far distances, many, many, many miles uh, that they have traveled. And so it, it was customary and it was even allowable that there could be some selling of lambs and doves and selling of sacrifices within the vicinity of Jerusalem because people are traveling long distances and you don't want to be trying to pull on an old bullock or trying to carry a lamb on your back uh, for several miles because you're not in your Jeep or your caravan. You, well, in a caravan maybe of camels, but you, you, you're, 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 you're traveling the old school way. You're walking. And so that, that's a lot of hardship to contend with. So they made it appropriate, even though Testament law made it appropriate that people that were visiting and coming to the feast could purchase their sacrifices in Jerusalem and so there were set there as it were in that most outward part of the temple known as that place of the Gentiles or the court of the Gentiles there were out there places where people could buy sacrifices that they had intended to bring that they didn't have to necessarily carry that from miles from their home there were doves there doves being the sacrifice for the poor or those that were not capable of bringing heftier sacrifices they, they could buy themselves a dove there were money changers there because whenever they come they had to pay the temple tax they had to bring their half a shekel but some of them didn't have the currency of the temple and as a result of that, they had to go to the money changers and exchange their money for the temple money in order to pay their tax. And so we had here within the temple vicinity a little bit of buying and selling that was going on in the temple for the purpose of people to be able to bring their sacrifice. Now, a person could have bought a sacrifice outside the temple. They could have bought a sacrifice outside the temple and brought it into the temple, but you must understand the Lord required something. Those sacrifices must be without blemish. They must be without any spot. They must not be sick or lame. And so they were still going to have to be inspected by the temple officials. So many just thought just to not even jeopardize it not being clean enough or good enough or spotless enough. We'll just buy it at the temple. And we know it will be okay if we get it at the temple. And so here they are among all these crowds. I'm talking about a crowd that you cannot even think amen of here at Jerusalem. They're going in there and they're going to bring their sacrifice so that they can just be right and good standing in the eyes of the Lord. But as they go into this place, concessions were high. All right. As they went into this place, they are starting to buy some lambs, if you will, and the poor may be buying some doves and others exchanging their money. And all of this convenience did not come without a price. Amen. And evidently, according to the scripture, the price 
of that convenience was unreasonable. The price of that convenience was unfair in so much that the Bible tells us that Jesus, whenever he came and he took in all the activity and everything that was going on there, he made that popular or may we say a known proverbial statement, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves because what a lamb would normally cost was costing more today. What a dove would have normally cost under normal circumstances was costing a little bit more today. People that were exchanging their money for the temple currency were being charged an extra amount for the transfer and the money change. So everything that was going on there, the sellers were selling the animals for more, but the buyers evidently was valuing it at that price because they were doing the buying. And so they were buying these things as well. And so it was very unreasonable. In so much, and we oftentimes denote this scripture because Christ seems to be angry. He seems to be upset. He seems to be a little bit mad, if we could use that term today, a little bit mad about what was going on. And many times we look at, well, he's mad because there's merchandising going on in the temple. He's mad because there's money changers in the temple. He's mad because the sellers are selling things higher than what they should be sold in the temple. And that's where all the thievery comes in. But I wish to denote to you this morning, the Bible says whenever he goes on his rampage of overthrowing the money changers and driving out those with the doves and the animals, the Bible says he cast out all those that sold and bought. He cast out all those that sold and bought. His anger wasn't so much directed at the animals being sold. Amen. But them being sold at a price higher than they were valued. Amen. His anger wasn't so much of the people that were buying sacrifices, but they were buying them and agreeing on a price that was higher than the sacrifice was valued. Ladies and gentlemen, there is nothing that stirs up Christ or stirs up God anymore than a bunch of people that will go to church and overemphasize the value of their sacrifice. Amen. I know sometimes I have felt prey to it and I tell God, God, I went to church Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday. God, I prayed every day this week and what I'm doing is trying to put a pin on my lapel and I'm really trying to overemphasize the sacrifice that I've made to God. But God says, hey, don't make this a den of thieves. Don't you dare value what you're doing greater than what it should be valued at. He said, this is a house of prayer, yes. This is a house of sacrifice yes but don't overestimate the value of your sacrifice someone say amen don't overestimate the value of your sacrifice I mean who is at fault here those who sold them at an extravagant price or those who willingly bought them at that price amen most of the people in this culture 
was well aware of the trade and the value of a lamb or the trade and a value of a dove. Amen. I submit this morning there was thievery both in the seller and in the buyer because they were both placing a higher value on the sacrifice than what it really was. And let me tell you today, there is value to a lamb and there is value to a dove. But sometimes we try to put a little bit more value on that than what there really is as though we're getting merits in the sight of God. He does love our worship. He does love our attendance. He does love our prayer. But don't you dare start trying to put more value on that. Just stay with me here today. Because I read in Scripture, in 1 Chronicles 21 and verse 22, is the story that David had sinned in the sight of God. David wants to make amends for his sin. Amen. And for his nation, a lot of people have died. There's a plague that has come upon the land. And David wants to make amends for his sin and his wrongdoing. He says, Ornan over here, the Jebusite has a threshing floor. That's going to be a good place for me to build an altar, for me to make sacrifice, for me to offer something to God. And David said to Ornan there in verse 22, he says, grant me the place of this threshing floor that I may build an altar therein unto the Lord that thou shalt grant it me look what David says grant it me for the full price that the plague may be stayed from my people verse 24 he says and King David said to Ornan nay but I will verily buy it here it is again for the full price for I will not take that which is thine for the Lord nor offer burnt offerings without cost David understands something very well when he's speaking to Ornan. Ornan says you can have you can have the oxen, you can have the wood of the threshing instruments, you can have all these things and just give it and do whatever you need to do to God. David said no. He says I want to pay full price for everything that is here. He didn't want a deal. Amen. There's two things here today. You don't need to overvalue your sacrifice, but neither do you need to undervalue it. Amen. David says, no, I don't want to deal. I don't want it to cheap. I don't want to cheap. I don't want to cheapen the cost of what I'm going to offer to God. You don't have to give it to me at a discounted thing. He says, no, just give it to me at what it needs to be given. Amen. Give it to me at full cost. Don't make the cost any higher because I don't want to overvalue what I'm giving God. We live in a society that we believe that everything is based upon merit. You, you, we, we are in this work earn type of, type of mentality. You do something and that earns you something by what you do, by what your deeds are. Amen. It happens in the workplace. You get promotions based upon what you do. Amen. How good of a job you do. But the economy of God is not like the economy of the world. It's not based upon how good you are. It's not based upon if you're here every third Thursday for prayer. It's not all of that. You can, you can put too much value on your sacrifice because when it comes down to it, Folks, your sacrifice isn't what God is really in need of. God doesn't need your sacrifice. You need your sacrifice. You, someone say amen. David says, I don't want to cheapen the value. I don't want to cheapen the value either. The Bible tells us of a story in Acts 5 that there's some people that got in trouble when they tried to cheapen their sacrifice. 
The Bible says people are, are selling their worldly possessions and they're giving them to the Lord. And, and there's equality among all the people who ever lacked. Amen. That which had more, it was given to he that lacked. And there was equality brought about to all the people. And so people were buying, they're selling their possessions. And so Ananias and Sapphira said, we're going to get in on this. And we're going to sell our land for a certain amount of money. And see, the, 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 the thing was, you sold it for that amount of money and then you gave that as a sacrifice or an offering to God. Yes, sir. That's right. All of it. Yeah, all of it. And I said, we're, we're going to sell it for a certain portion of money, but we're going to keep back some. What are you doing, Ananias? What are you doing, Sapphira? I'm going to cheapen our sacrifice. I'm going to cheapen our offering. And they bring in that cheapened offering, that cheapened sacrifice unto the, the, the ministry, if you will. And Peter even asked them, he said, hey, he said, hey, why has your heart, Satan's filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? You've kept back part of the price. You come in here with a sacrifice, but it's a cheapened sacrifice. It's a lesser sacrifice. You're lying to the Holy Ghost. And they go down dead and the other counterpart comes in amen and walks in there the same trying to say yeah did you sell it for such and such yeah we sold it for such and such here is our offering here's our sacrifice hey the one that carried your spouse at out the door dead is standing at the door right now and they fell down dead why because you can't get by with cheapening your sacrifice and neither can you get by with placing too much value on your sacrifice Amen. And so David toward Ornan, he says, Ornan, I want to buy it at the full price. I'm going to let my sacrifice be what my sacrifice is. I'm just going to let it be valued at what it is valued. I'm not going to try to make it anything more, but I'm not going to try to make it anything less. I'm just going to let it be valued. At what it's valued. Yeah. Now I, I agree today. Pulpits sometimes across America. Maybe even this pulpit at some times. Have tried to make people put more emphasis on their sacrifice. Than what they really should be. Yeah. Yeah. Let your prayer be your prayer. Yeah. Right. Let your worship be your worship. Uh -huh. Let your attendance to God's house be your attendance to God's house. Yeah. Don't start valuing it more than what it is. David says, I, I want it for the full price. And he says, besides that, if I just take what's yours, look what he said in verse 24, for I will not take that which is thine for the Lord. He says, Ornan, I can't take what is yours and offer it to God as though it was mine. Someone say amen. He says, I can't take what is yours and offer it to God for what is mine. And likewise, we can't cheapen our sacrifice. We can't take an explosive service around here where some have contributed and put forth and say, God, I was a part of that service and present what was somebody else's as our own. Someone say amen. Well, glory, I don't want to dig in too deep here on my first service back. Hallelujah. What are you talking about? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. There have been times, there have been times I've been in services other places for the most part but uh, I, I don't carry usually never any cash on me. I don't have any cash on me. I don't have any change on me. All right? You understand? I don't. 
It's some form of a debit card or something like that. I do not carry any cash on me. But that's very difficult whenever it comes to offering time at a church you're visiting. Because I know there are some that have the little slide cards on the offering plates nowadays, but most of the churches I go to are not like that. An ATM is not in the foyer. Most of the churches that I go to are places that I have preached. And so you're sitting on the platform as a guest and they're saying that is offering time unless I could somehow cheat my wife out some money before service. I usually forget. I don't remember. And I've been there and they call for offering time and, and, and I, I'm the poor loser on the platform that's asking somebody else for a little bit of money at least so I don't look like some stupid uh, idiot that doesn't practice what he preaches and I, I get a dollar or two or five whatever I get from them and I go by and I put it in the plate and I'm feeling proud because everybody saw me put money in the offering plate but the money wasn't mine but I saved face with everybody because they saw me walk by with it in my hand and put it in but there was no sacrifice on my part I just cheapened my offering because I was giving something to God that was somebody else's but posing it was mine I got a better one than that. There's times I couldn't bum money off anybody. And so I reach in my pocket or get off my billfold and pull out nothing and clasp my hand around as though I had something and walk by the offering plate and do the little whoop up. And everybody probably thought I put something in, but there was nothing there. There's times, folks, our worship is just as vacant and void as some of those things. We're saving face. We got the facade up. Amen. It looks good. Everybody thinks we got it, but we no. That is a temple thief. Someone say amen. David says, I can't do this. For one, I'm not dealing with man here. I'm dealing with God. He knows where it came from. He knows where I got it or not. And if we would get real of ourselves... We sometimes get caught up with the concern of men more than we do God. I'm going to be there because if I'm not there, Bishop might call me. And to deter getting a call from Bishop, I'm going to show up God's house. We worry about each other. That's low on the totem pole. We need to be worried about God. David says, I'm going to pay full price. He said, I'm not going to offer to God and it be without cost. And I'm not going to offer to God and neither is it going to be above its worth. I'm going to let, if you will, the threshing floor, the instrumentation, the auction, let it be the amount of gold that it is valued at. Just let my sacrifice be what my sacrifice is. I'm not going to try to fatten it up. Neither am I going to try to dwindle it down. Just let my sacrifice be the sacrifice unto the Lord. The Bible says in Matthew 26 and verse number 6, moving on today, the scripture states these words. Now when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box a very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat but when his disciples saw it they had indignation saying 
to what purpose is this? Everybody say waste. For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. Now, we cannot speak against the fact in Scripture that the ointment was very precious. It was very precious. As stated in some of the different harmonies of the Gospels, we cannot refute that the ointment was costly. It cost a lot of money. But what we need to hone in on is that the ointment was given to the Lord. The ointment was given for the Lord. And in the context, listen to me now, in the context of that use, in the context of it being given to or given for the Lord, the disciples and others pipe up and say, that is a waste. Why would they deem that sacrifice a waste? I present to you two reasons. They were either overvaluing the sacrifice. Let me state it better like this. I believe they were overvaluing the sacrifice while undervaluing the recipient. They say that's waste. That's just a sacrifice. You are overemphasizing the value of your sacrifice more than the value of the one who is receiving it if you're saying there's waste involved when you give something to him. Someone say amen. See, Scripture, look at the other portion of Scripture where this is stated again in John 12, verses 4 through 6. The Bible says, Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. He says, Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? And this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but listen to me now, but because he was a thief and had a bag, had the bag, and bear what was put therein. The Bible says in that portion of Scripture that she took a pound of ointment, which a pound equates to about a pint of ointment, of spikenard, the Bible says, and anointed Jesus. Now, again, spikenard was very costly. They say it took somewhere around 500,000 nards, crushed nards, in order to produce this pint of spikenard. Amen. Just one pound. They say, and this is the only reason why they say it, they say that its cost was approximately one year's wages. And the reason why they say that, listen, follow me very closely here. The reason why they say that is because Judas Iscariot said, why are we doing this? This is wasteful. We could have sold that for 300 pence. 300 pence was equal to about a year's wages. And that's the reason why they say that Spikner then was valued at a year's wages. All right? But I'm not totally convinced. All right? I'm not totally convinced because when you're dealing with a thief, when you're dealing with a thief, they have a way of trying to overvalue what they have because they want to get more out of it than what it's really worth. I'm not convinced, Bishop, 
that the price of the spike nerd was 300 pence per se. Because the only reason why they say that is because Judah said it. But you're talking to a thief. I think that Judas was overvaluing how much was there in that spike nerd. Because thieves are dishonest people that want to get more out of something than it's worth. He was overestimating the value of the sacrifice because he was a thief. In the beginning of our story today, people, buyers and sellers, was overvaluing the price of the sacrifices because they were a bunch of thieves. It's a thief to think what you give to God is more to him than what it really is. Someone say amen. I believe that. Here's why I believe that. Because later we see in scripture, the same Judas Iscariot sells Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Here's the moral of the story, folks. People who overvalue human sacrifice will undervalue the ultimate sacrifice. Let me say it again. People who overvalue their human sacrifice are undervaluing the ultimate sacrifice. He says that's 300 pence, that costly thing over there. Why? He had his hand in the back. But whenever it came to the matchless sacrifice of Christ and who he was and his lifeblood that could redeem and take care of the sin problem, he says here's 30 shekels. How could you estimate it at that? Because I overestimate what I do. Honey, I don't want to overestimate my actions by underestimating his actions if there's going to be anything valued if there's going to be anything of any worth it's going to be what he did for me and not what I think I'm doing for him that type of stuff will will, will, will provoke and give forth temple thieves someone say amen the Bible says in Psalms 50 and verse number 8 Psalms 50 and verse number 8 states these words I will not reprove thee for thy sacrifices I won't reprove you for your sacrifices or thy burnt offerings to have been or I might say that have been continually before me Christ speaking through the psalmist David he says I'm not going to reprove you for your sacrifices you've brought sacrifices you have brought burnt offerings for that matter they have been perpetually continually before me but as the chapter continues he says I have the cows on a thousand hills. Everything that you're bringing through to me by virtue of your sacrifices are mine anyway. He says, so as you bring them, he says, I have no problem with your sacrifices or your burnt offerings. I have problem with your attitude. He says, because you're bringing to me what's already mine as though you get some special merit for doing it. Listen to me. 
because now you're bringing these sacrifices. I brought sacrifices, Lord. I brought burnt offerings as though you're going to lay God under obligation. Amen. Because of your constant, consistent sacrifice, sometimes expensive sacrifice. He says, but they're already mine. So you're not bringing me anything that I really need. Someone hear me right now. He says, you're bringing those things because I desire them and I want them, not because I need them. Someone hear me? But sometimes our approach is, God, you need this. No, you should feel privileged because he wants that. And since he wants that, that requires you to bring that. But you know what that's doing? That's not helping God. That's bringing you in close to his presence. That's helping you. But when we come to the mentality, well, I'm going to church because God needs this. I'm going to pray because they say that God inhabits the praises of his people and he does and that's fine. But God just desires that and God just wants that. You're not putting an anvil over God's head, amen, and saying, well, God, you better be glad I'm doing this. No, that's overestimating the value of your sacrifice. Your sacrifice is more for you than what it is for God. It brings you into his presence. It brings you into Someone say amen. God needs this. God doesn't need them. God wants them. God desires them. And by virtue then of us bringing them, it provides access for you and I to the presence of the Lord. Listen, anybody during the time of the lady with her spikenard that poured that upon the Lord, anybody in that culture and day, they were having a meal there. In Simon's house. They were having a meal there. It was culturally correct and proper that anybody could come off among the streets and stand along the walls where they were having a meal to hear their words of discussion and even hear pearls of wisdom. If you will, anybody could come in along those walls that were not a part of the meal and listen to the interchange and the conversation and the discussion. All right? But you couldn't get as close to Jesus as she got to Jesus. Without a sacrifice. Jesus said she did this for me. Amen. That's true. But the underlying kickback was this. He didn't need it near as much as she did. And in order to have a close encounter and access to his presence, he says, I desire sacrifice. Because whenever I desire that, that's going to get you close to me. Someone say hallelujah. And so our sacrifices and our offerings are much more for ourselves in reality than they are for God. They're paving a way for relationship and communion with him. I know sometimes we we, we, we speak of the scripture in Hebrews chapter number 10 and 25 and we spout that off. Amen. Maybe whenever people start missing church and, and they need to be in God's house and you do need to be in God's house. But we go to Hebrews chapter number 10 and verse number 25 or not 10, 20. Yeah, I'm wrong chapter. 10, 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some uh, is, but exhorting one another so much the more you see the day approaching. And we tell people you get you get to church, you're supposed to be in church, God wants us in church, and all that is well and fine, and we need to be and we ought to be. But you being here is not so much about him as it is about you. If you'll remember in the verse prior to that, in verse 24, it says, and let us consider one another to provoke and to love and to good work. 
works because whenever you're not here you're not being provoked to love whenever you're not here you're not being provoked to good works don't you overemphasize your attendance at God's house it's not so much for him as much as it is for you I found, I have found that whenever I quit praying, it didn't hurt God. He didn't become less than what he was. He still could do power. He could still heal the sick and raise the dead and provide financial blessings if I wasn't praying to him. But I learned whenever I wasn't praying to him, it hurt Paul. See, I I put too much value on my prayer life if I think I'm somehow propping God up with my prayer life. That's not the case. I'm propping myself up. I'm helping me. It's getting me into his presence. It's getting me into his house. It's getting me in a close encounter. To think otherwise is to be a temple thief. home from this service say man God I praised you good today you better feel you better feel pretty good I did better here than I did at the sporting event last week God you should feel pretty good about yourself I gave some accolades and praise today honey you're overemphasizing your sacrifice someone say man don't over Emphasize it. See, God had it all strategically planned there in the Old Testament. Why he told them when they would come to these three major feasts, don't come empty-handed. God wasn't telling them not to come empty-handed. For him, he was doing that for them. Because you're not coming into the temple. You're not coming where the priest is. You're not coming where the cloud pervades and goes out unless you got something in your hand. I don't necessarily need it. I got it already. I'm doing this for you. I'm telling you the prerequisite to getting in my presence is coming with something in your hand. Don't cheapen it and don't place too much on it. Just bring something. Just, 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 just bring something. Just let your sacrifice be your sacrifice. Let the cards lay where the cards lay. The dominoes fall where they fall. Just bring your sacrifice because you need it a whole lot more than I do. Someone say Amen. If you'll stand with me this morning. Temple thieves. So Christ goes in the temple doing what he does and throws out both the sellers and the buyers because they were both putting an estimation on the sacrifice greater than what it was really valued at. He says, I can't have that going on around here. A lamb is a lamb as a lamb is. A dove is a dove as a dove is. Let the exchange be the exchange as the exchange is. He says, what all of this really does is just get you close to me. There's no other, no other, you know, so that we try to find the combination in God. And I think it's three turns to the right, one turn to the left. Push it and it's open, hallelujah. I think it's a consistent prayer life Sunday through Saturday and it's a, having my hands in the air and clapped in, in service and then I think it's paying my dues as some call it. That's a different story for a different day. No, no, no. Just let your sacrifice be your sacrifice. Don't cheapen it. Don't withhold a part of it. But don't try to make it more than what it is. 
And in doing so, we'll have access to his presence. We'll have access to his presence. If we can just bow our head all across this place today. God, I come, Lord, humbly before you. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.